Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin, uh, none of whom want to be here doing this today. Uh, so we, we are going to keep it short. Well, to, to, to be uh, fair to the listener, uh, due to scheduling conflicts, we had to bump recording from midweek when we tend to be a bit more energetic to Friday when I think we're all flatlining. So it's not... It's not that we yeah. don't want to do the podcast. It's that Fridays kind of no, suck. Yeah, we we do. We want to do it in theory, yeah. but like the the reality is, yeah, no one no one actually feels like it. But you know what, guys, we're pros. That's the thing. We're pros. People are paying us money to do this, um, and we need to do it, and we need to do a good job, and we will because we we always do. Uh, boys, we have uh, actually a couple of things that I'm really uh, kind of interested to get your takes on. Uh, let's start with one that happened. Uh, I don't know. This was a week or so ago, and it was uh, it was it was kind of a big deal in the sports and pop culture world. In that uh, super famous female MMA fighter Ronda Rousey uh, had another fight. Um, Ronda Rousey, if you're not familiar, is sort of the the Mike Tyson of of MMA fighting for girls. Um, you know, she had a, a really amazing record and knocked everybody out really quickly until uh, a year or so ago. She got knocked out herself uh, by a fighter named Holly Holm. And this was her big comeback fight. And it was interesting fellas in that it was one of these things that, you know, usually boxing and MMA, any kind of fight sport is like a fringe, like a niche of a niche, you know? Um, And very rarely do people uh, who would not have anything to do with those sports ever comment on those sports. But Uh, Because it was Ronda Rousey, because it was getting mainstream burn in the media, uh, the Gospel Coalition weighed in on this with with what to me was uh, it was fun because it was sort of like a vintage Gospel Coalition post in that it was we're literally telling you how to think about this. Um, And I think even the title was how to think about Ronda Rousey fighting again. I'm I'm looking at it right now. How should we think about watching women fight women? Yeah. How should we think about watching women fight women, which to me, like, I just got a huge kick out of it because it was like and I think it was as it Justin Taylor didn't write the piece, but Justin Taylor kind of teed it up. And uh, I don't know, it felt like old school, like mid 2000s G-Co. Um, and much like the title would suggest, it was a it was a long, like almost unreadable white paper on like, I don't know, gender. The guy took like, you know, fifty five hundred words. To there say are, there are six, six subheadings in this post. That's like yeah, six was, chapters was, on a blog post. Yeah, it was kind of brutal. It was kind of brutal. But then uh, a lot of people read it and a lot of people wrote like, you know, 1000 word responses in the comment section, which, again, to me, just felt very vintage GCO. Um, kind of like who has time to do this. But I want to get your take on it, boys. I want to get your take on not only, you know, watching women's cage fighting, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down on that. But, uh, you know, kind of Gospel Coalition's involvement in the the big uh, controversy that spun out of that. One, Hit well, pipe. Ronnie's the Ronnie's the MMA fan, uh, <clears throat> particularly Ronda Rousey, <laughs> considering he asked thirty seconds before this. Wait, who's Rousey? So I, no, I think I, I think yeah, you should I mean, speak yeah, to this guys, first. I, yeah, I, I know. I I think uh, I think uh, you know I have a lot to say on Ronda. I mean, Ronda, go back. We we share a similar name, you know. Just to mm-hmm. start out, just That's just true. to begin, you know, and uh, 
So we, uh, you know, we share a lot of affinity for, uh, for uh, you know, MMA and cage fighting and, and all things in, in regard to that wonderful yeah, sport, yeah, did, you know. Maybe so, she's uh, a Joy Electric fan. Did you guys connect over that back in the Oh, day? absolutely. I mean, I've already done three or four remixes for her since this piece broke. And, she uh, she walks to the ring to a Joy song. She does. I mean, she yeah. said, hey, can you can you cue up something for me when I, you know, when I when I do my intros? And I said, absolutely, Rhonda. Anything, yeah. anything for you, Ronnie. And absolutely. uh so uh, so let me turn this over to you, Pipe, because I have a lot to say on this, but I don't want to I don't want to you know, I don't want to exasper- exacerbate the whole well, post and, here. So you and you I appreciate it, you not you know? stealing. I mean, because I don't have a lot of points. And so if you had talked at length, you you probably would have taken what what points I was what point I had. Was this scintillating <laughs> um, radio? So my, this is already good. Already one of our. What was the question podcasts. again? Was, was the question? What do we think of women fighting women? How should we think about it? Like, what, I'm just pulling on the blog post right now uh that was that was uh that was part of the question but the the other maybe more substantial part of the question was um what do we think about gco's involvement and the the sort of controversy that it touched off with uh rthe and jared's at jared c wilson um uh, yes okay so first things first when it like i will when it comes to sort of roles of of women and complementarianism and all that stuff um I think that the vast majority of reformed complementarians take the implications of that way too far uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of deciding what jobs and then publicly stating what jobs women can and cannot have. You know, that that sounds it sounds like we're making America great again is what it does. Like we're bringing it back to 1955. That's men's work. That's women's work, et cetera. And I know that they did their best to sort of give it a theological, um, a theological and sociological and physical uh, explanation of why it's horrible for women to fight women, and uh, and I kind of go, yeah, but if if it's their choice, like I know that that's not a blanket hermeneutic for decision making because people do dumb stuff, but uh, I it's really hard for me to get all worked up about it. So even if it shouldn't happen, I also don't think it's happening so much that it really matters all that much. Yeah. How many, it's not like uh, our, you know, our wives are fighting anyone. Yeah. How many like female MMA fighters are there actually? That's what I, I, like I can name about. two. Uh, and I, one of them is like, one of them is Ronda Rousey and the other is Holly Holm who beat her last year. I could not even name the one who beat her, you know, a week ago. And so it's, yeah, and Again, I don't follow the sport that closely, and others. I'm sure listeners are shouting names at their at their earbuds right now. Uh, the seven of you who watch women's MMA, I just I don't think that it is a cultural development that demands the kind of response it got. I think it is a cultural development that irritates a tiny subset of people, and they're really loud about it. And then the people who don't like those people are really loud in return, which would be Rachel Held Evans responding to Gospel Coalition. So she, I think the tweet that like really lit the fuse was she said something like, she basically accused them of never standing up against social injustices and they're standing up against women fighting instead. So she's like, you know, we have a serial molester in the White House now and women fighting is the problem. And, and then, you know, of course, that was that was bait that uh, Jared C. Wilson and Justin Taylor and others could not resist responding to, which leads me to a question about these questions, which is when will they learn that ignoring her is way better than responding to her? <laughs> Never. I mean, is it are they capable? 
I don't know, man. I don't know. They, they, the track record would suggest that they're not capable. It's really tempting. I know it's almost like the, it's almost like not being able to withstand the temptation of replying. It's like having it just like hang there is too much, huh? Here's my question, Pipe, and maybe you can relate to this, man. I, I bet you can. Uh, when I was growing up in our in our little town, there were these little like skirmishes that would escalate, like in in our neighborhood, where um, you'd be playing with a kid day after day, and you would almost fight each other a few times. And then finally, like you would fight, like you would have it out. But then after that, you were cool. And um, I wonder if it if the whole thing would not be healthier if Rachel the Held Evans at Jared C. Wilson and Justin Taylor didn't just get into a ring themselves and fight it out. Man. Dude, that's that's a pay, that's a pay-per-view that, event right there. That's a pay-per-view that I would watch. And not to get all Dana White, not to get all, uh, you know, Vince McMahon on the thing over here. But I'm a businessman, Pipe. You're a businessman. We know people. Uh, we know venues. Why why couldn't we make this happen? I oh bet this gosh. thing would sell like crazy. I mean, do we do we talk- combine that with live, you know, live rant? I mean, <laughs> I do we, we just do, do that all in one shot? You know, Maybe. I think the three of us just do. And the we color. could we could get like we get like Mark Mellinger to be the the ring MC. You know, sort of the the the, the Michael the Michael Buffer. Like, are you ready to rumble? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's got the smooth voice. You and I can be like the. You know, like the Joe Rogan at ringside, like doing the doing the obnoxious commentary. I think this has I, yeah, and and, and it, it, it would it would be such a satisfying end to what has become an obnoxiously endless Twitter feud. Like every feud needs to yeah. end in in combat. That's how they end. I agree. I, I, I agree. Can, did you ever I watch agree. the miniseries Hatfields and McCoys? I did. It, 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 it was fantastic, yeah. and it ended when every it, awesome. it ended when everybody was dead. As it should, because yeah. it's a feud, and I think that's what that's what needs to happen here. Okay, but that's hold on, I'm isn't talking. there a uh, to help me? Okay, so give me a little education, boys. So there's there's a difference between UFC and MMA. Isn't MMA like legit, and UFC is like like no, you dude, know, U- UFC is a brand of MMA. So MMA is like saying football, and UFC is like saying the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Okay. MMA is the sport. UFC is the brand. And but doesn't MMA doesn't mix martial arts? So doesn't it have? I mean, it isn't. I, I thought UFC was almost more like, like the WWF or something. Like it was more of a joke. And isn't MMA uh, kind of? Well, I think I think it's no? the okay. UFC has kind of gone through ebbs and flows in terms of how well it's been managed and perceived. But I think like as a as a professional league, it's one of the. Certainly in any combat realm, it's you know in terms of boxing or whatever, it's probably the best run out there. And they make they yeah. make oh, okay. they make so, so much money. So you take you can take it seriously, is what? Oh you're yeah, saying? like there's they they oh, okay. there there are people who follow yeah. it seriously, and they they know. draw big ratings on either pay per view or I mean they they even show this stuff on sometimes on like network TV, and yeah. uh, their fighters make good money, especially the top ones. They get big sponsorships, and they uh, I mean there's legit as to they're suspending people for drug use and things like that. I mean so they they have standards to which they hold their fighters. It used to be when it first started, it was just, it was a madhouse. Like it was basically no rules. And so, I mean, it was just brutal. The beatings people would take. We used to trade those videotapes in the dorm in college back in the nineties. It was like, you know, you'd have (laughs) some 350 pound guy fighting. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have a a huge guy fighting a little guy. I mean, it was nuts, man. It was nuts. And I, I really being a boxing guy myself, like I, I'm not really into MMA. I've never really gotten into it. I I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a, a cage fight. I, I, find it kind of repellent but uh uh but yeah to me to me i guess the more interesting angle was you know all the the, the huge kerfuffle that that exploded after uh after gco threw their their hat into the 
into the into cage the, as into the were. telling people how to think ring. Oh okay, yeah, but which, what you, which is a ring that they've been yeah. in forever. I mean, that's their ring. Good, you know, yes, that's true. That's their. It's the funny thing to me is like they they tell people how to think, but they always pick like the the touchiest and most niche things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because that's what draws clicks, but like really that that's where we're going to invest 2,200 words is on thinking about women fighting women. I, I feel yeah. like there are things that maybe deserve time and effort more than that one. Well, you know what? That's an issue that really is germane to, to, to anyone in any church. I know you see it big R. I mean, just the, the problems each Sunday with women literally fighting each other in your in your building. I mean, you know, I know this is this is huge where we are. So it's good. I mean, it's good that thank God they're they're addressing that. Well, we just decided we just decided to officiate it a little bit better, and, and we built a ring, you know, in the, in the foyer, and uh, we we just have official uh, we just have a, a official cage fights on the second and fourth Sunday of every month now. Only for women, yeah. though. Yeah, you just, you're like, oh, yeah. you're gossiping about so and so. You guys, uh, you're yeah. the you're the number two ticket on on next Sunday's ring. Like you're you're up. Yeah, I mean, we just try to work it out. I mean, there's something in like Zephaniah. I think that we could get to back that up with, you know, some some old minor prophet thing about like you know judgment and suffering. I, I think we can use eye for that. An eye, it's going to go tooth well. For a tooth. Yeah, it's going to go beating, well. Beating beating for. Go. A, I think we're going to start a, for an insult. We're going to start a new yeah. trend. Yeah, we're going to start a Boys, new trend. I, I want to take this back in a more serious direction. And, oh, good. And, um, I want to. I want to talk about this hypothetical pay per view that we're going to promote, um, <laughs> in which, in which we have at Jared C. Wilson, uh, Justin Taylor, and Rachel the Held Evans on the fight card. Could, now, could I feel we invite like, Nadia uh, Bolts Weber? Would she just beat everybody down? She would beat everybody down. She's literally stronger than everybody I just mentioned. So. Uh, I think we maybe leave Nadia Bolts Weber out of it. Um, who's our Who's our fourth person on the card? Because we have to have two uh, fights and then well, championship. You got to have another Sarah, woman Sarah in Bessie. there. That's not fair. So, who's Sarah Bessie? She's, I don't know Sarah uh, Bessie. She might be a little bit yeah. left of Rachel DeHeld Evans. She's kind of she's wow. in that camp, you know. <clears throat> and okay. so now, could we get a like? A what cons- about Jen Hatmaker? Why don't we just? Why don't we just? <laughs> now she would. Why don't we just ratings. keep it current? You know, if we're really putting our promoter hats on, man, she would she would pull ratings. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I care about tickets, Big T. I'm all I about. Know, tickets. You're the businessman. You're the you're the guy behind the guy. Of course, you care about tickets. So that's what I say. Jen Hatmaker and and you know Held Evans. And uh, let's see Maybe. what we can do with that. You know, I'm going to throw another Jen at you. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, Jen Wilkin. Easy, okay. pal. Easy, God, baby. Listen to me. All right, Jen Wilkin represents the sort of you know reformed. Uh, women that that you know we probably go to church with. So I, mm-hmm. I think a Jen Wilkin, Rachel the Held Evans fight would be very compelling on some. Yeah, level. but like and maybe like a, Wilkin uh, to yeah, her yeah, credit, yeah. Uh, you uh, she does not wade into this crap online. Like she's she, oh, she no, doesn't. like she's yeah. she she handles things like a uh, somebody some, like somebody adult. who realizes that responding to to, to Rachel Held Evans doesn't go well for. No, she handles things like a woman. She wants to get into the ring. She doesn't want to write about it. She wants to fight about it. Don't oh. write about it. Fight about it. That's the tagline. Baby, that's the tagline. That's Strong. on the poster. Don't write about it. Fight about it. Yes. Yeah. So Wilkin, really against, Wilkin against Evans. And what about this, man? Why don't we just get old school? Why don't we do like a uh, – why don't we do like Kathy Keller against Jen Hatmaker or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> How about that? No, too dignified, too dignified. So no, Lauren um, Chandler, Lauren Chandler, Jen Hatmaker. Uh, you get two, two. 
Oh, two wow. Texans. Two Lawrence Chan. Yeah, you got you got two Texans. Uh, there's 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 some aggression in in that for sure. The Texans don't back down, or at least they pretend to not back down. Uh-huh. So, we'll uh, invite Maddie Chan in to help us. Uh, you know, do, do a little. Uh, you know color coordinating on that he can one help us yeah. promote man yeah he can come to ringside and, and, and weigh in on that one yeah um, so guys talk about this we've got at jared t wilson versus justin taylor now i've never seen either i thought of these they were like a tag team per- matchup because isn't this drawn along ideological lines oh yeah this could be drawn along i mean i really i mean lines. especially yeah. if we're trying to move away from the gender conversation it doesn't really matter who fights who from that stance right <laughs> yeah no you're right so who would fight those two well, I think I think it would be Rachel the Held Evans and Jen Hatmaker fighting those two, and I, uh, at the risk of offending those two, um, I might put my money on the women folk. <laughs> maybe. Wow. Maybe. I guess I you're not writing any books for Crossway now, Pipe. I mean, that's just well, that, I, that destroyed that. Maybe dream. somebody will share this with uh, with Justin, but I suspect he doesn't listen to this podcast. If he does, <laughs> Justin, greetings. No offense. It's all in good fun, but I think you're going down. AKA, please let us all write a book for Crossway. <laughs> yeah, AKA, try, try, but not one of the cheap ones that you don't pay. Trying to trying to char either. that bridge, not completely burn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? Uh, we're all just a bunch of fun, loving party guys here. You know, let's be honest. This is all just in good humor. And speaking of good humor, I wish I had a good humor bar right now to eat while I was talking about this really, what's really a, fascinating is, topic. What's a good humor bar? Like, does that go well with Youthberry Tea? Like, what What are we talking about? I don't know what that is. No, it's just like an old school ice cream oh. bar, right? So like vintage. just, yeah, just a vintage like vanilla either with chocolate or okay. strawberry crumble like, like ice cream Oh, that bar. sounds, yeah. that's that's nice that sounds like delightful. That. I have one every night, man. I'm just hooked. I'm hooked you on have, it. Right you now. have a good humor bar every night. I have a good humor bar every night is right that, now because obviously Is that the key to being like your super chill, uh easygoing, even keel self is a good humor bar every night? It's just that is that what it is? Like some people have a drink every night, but you you do the good humor bar and it's just Well, because see what happens is is I I take the I take those things literally, right? <laughs> like a drink doesn't calm me down, but good humor, like I, I just assume when humor. I eat the bar, like it gives me good humor. So like I, I, you know, I just feel like, hey, they titled it for a reason. So when I eat it, it actually helps me. Well, you right? know what I want? You know what I want to put out there right now? Throw it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this book publishing uh, sponsorship stuff, man. I want to, I want a good humor sponsorship and I want, I want these bars shipped to our houses. Oh, man. Yeah. I want to get a case of these things on my front porch. I mean, Big T, what if what if we got a sponsorship with Good Humor and they didn't not only sent a case, but they yeah. sent you like a year's supply of Good Humor bars, oh, something baby, epic like that. You're still speaking my language right now. How do we make this happen? Do I you know, know. Good Humor? Well, I mean, I, I feel like the way I'm talking about it right now, maybe somebody, you know, since the show now is up to what? How many listeners, uh, Pipe? I mean, maybe somebody that works at Good Humor might hear the program and, and want to jump in and and uh, not only give us some sponsorship dollars, but some actual product, some ice Boys, cream. you know what I'm doing right now? I'm, I'm looking at the Good Humor website. <laughs> How does it look? Does it look like it's a fit for us and them, Big T? It, it looks, baby, it looks like there's never been a better fit for us. Is what I'm I mean, saying. the the, the, I, the I rants agree. would get a lot happier if we were sponsored by Good Humor for sure. Oh my gosh! I mean, the laughs would just be overflowing after eating. Because you know what we would do? We'd be eating our Good Humor bars while we're doing the the the, the program. And listeners, no, listeners I, would I, I love the smacking and chewing noises. Mm, perfect. Yeah, I mean, whatever you know. I mean, I'm looking for an email address so that we can 
we can approach them with a business proposal. Okay, while you're looking for that pipe, here's what I want to talk about, man. Because uh, you know we're kind of be, we're kind of on the one topic uh, show right now with the whole MMA thing. So, w- do you know what happened when Amy Bird got on there and said, "Hey, um, you know, this whole idea about like maybe these women, maybe they just want to fight because it's a little more legitimate than being like you know what women have been relegated to in these kinds of sports, which is which has been like you know ringside girls and all that kind of stuff." And then they kind of jumped on her, and I didn't really understand that. Did you? Did you? Catch uh, that? No, I tapped out after like four tweets of like escalating. I like insanity. how you said I just. Out these things happen like four times a year. And at some point you watch the first two and you're like, Oh, I know where this is going. I'm going to go do something else <laughs> with my time. than read these tweets or respond to them. Uh, yeah. So I think she was making the point like, Hey, uh, you know, we can like, we can have, we can have an issue with whether women should be, you know, uh, you know, in the ring with one another. But he, he said, look at, but she, I think she was making the point, like maybe there's like, maybe there's something in these women where, you know, they're doing something that shows a level of skill and legitimacy as opposed to where women have typically been within these sports, which has been on the sidelines where people and men specifically have been objectifying them. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, the way that the argument was set up, you be, you basically, if if you are willing to make any uh, dispensation that women can fight in any legitimate manner, you're just going to get attacked by the one side. So it doesn't matter if you're extremely opposed to that point of view or closer to it. So like Amy Bird's bringing in, you know, maybe a middle ground. Just but there is no middle ground. Like they're either you know it's yeah. like women stay home and have babies, uh, or. Mm-hmm. You know, or you've got, you know, feminazis like those are sort of the way that it was set up. And that's why the whole thing just kind of made me roll my eyes because I'm like, well, that's not a conversation. That's an ultimatum. (laughs) This is not how these things work. (laughs) Well, okay, so more. uh, okay, so more importantly, uh, Ted, do we have a good humor? I know. Like, yeah, I was waiting Uh, on the email. Not yet. I'm working on it. They're uh, they're they're very coy on their website. There's not an easy you know, contact us. If sort you were, of thing. if and you, you know were an what? ice you cream distributor, it. would you publicize a way that people could ask for free ice cream? <laughs> you know what? Good humor. I just discovered this boys. They are like uh, a sub company of Unilever, which owns like two thirds of the world. Yeah. I think. So, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, um, they, they, and, uh, and then Procter and Gamble, they're like the, the two yeah. companies that own everybody. They're the Unilever two like evil empire show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're already sponsored technically by yeah we are we've already got good yeah, they, they actually own waterbrook multnomah who has sponsored us in the past and uh they're about to buy faith life who owns logos and so yeah like we they already sponsor us i'm sure and they own apple computers which i'm on and they own blue microphones yep. and they own my house guys they just bought my house well that, they actually anymore, they actually bought you and since your name was on the deed they own the house so congratulations ronnie right. Speaking cool. of your house, Big R, if I if I if I may ask this, yeah, man. Um, can we get a little update as to whether Trogues ever stopped back by on his way back through Ashtown? Um, the the answer is uh, a resounding no. Okay, <laughs> a re, a re, it did not. It did he, not. Happen. He very much didn't stop by. Um, yeah. Let me just put it to you this way, uh, and not to beat a dead horse, but um, he very much did not stop by dot com. <laughs> okay, so th- so there it is. He asked for the address. He very much wanted to know where you lived, and then he 
uh, refrained from stopping by. Baby, uh, he might have been sitting outside of the house for two hours and I didn't know it, but he never came up and knocked on the door. Let me just put it to you like that. Wow, baby, that's so mysterious, man. It's very mysterious, and I think what we're I think what we're finding out is it, it's it's we're finding out about a troves that we never knew, a mysterious troves. Who you still who you still don't know because he never stopped by. Because he never stopped by. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, that's where I'm at with troves. I mean, and it's uh, but you know, I think it just it just continues. It just you know what we're looking at is just an extension of the troves legend that is ever growing and being ever fostered by. His lack of, uh, you know, his lack of, uh, you know, media, you know, uh, overtness right now. You know, he's kind of lame. The knowability of tropes. That sounds like a G code post. Maybe they can address that. I just finished. I just finished the article. It's fifty five hundred words. (laughs) That's good, baby. A nice knowability of tropes. Fourteen, fourteen subheadings. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I just typed that up in the last five minutes. So let me click off here. There it is. Done. I like it, baby. I like it, boys. Let's do one more topic, man, and and then get out of here. Um, please. We had a reader. I know we had a, we had a reader suggest a topic. I I like this one. I think this one is good. Um, she wanted to know which books we did not finish and why. And this sort of begs the bigger question. When you start reading a book, do you feel like you have to finish it or do you feel like you, you have the freedom to bail at any time? So have you bailed on a book recently? And if so, why? Dude. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I rarely ever, and there's probably few books that I get to the dead dying last page of, because I feel like most of the books, especially if they're more theologically driven, I feel like when I get to about chapter six out of nine, like they're just repeating repeating themselves after that. I'm like, I got it. I'm done. I actually appreciate the point. Love the book. Um, but I'm good. I got, I got it. And then maybe like later on I'll, you know, I'll wrap it up, you know, if I'm like sitting around and there it was, Oh yeah, I forgot. I missed that last two chapters, but yeah, I don't feel like, Oh, I don't feel like super compelled. And then sometimes with those kinds of books, I'll just, I'll end up skipping around a little bit, you know, based on the chapter heading. So yeah, I don't, I don't have this like completist mentality with it at all. I didn't know completist mentality was a thing. That's uh, I like that term. I just invented that. No, it's really strong. I'm impressed. Um, yeah, I for a long time I felt like this intense obligation to finish books I started and it was so uh like it ruined <laughs> it ruined books because you get I'd get like halfway in and I'd go this isn't going anywhere but I have to finish and so they would just like stack up next to my bed or you know be at you know the little 50% progress bar on the Kindle and it felt terrible and I don't know why but like 2 years ago I was just like wait why why do I think like this there is no obligation mm-hmm. to finish a book if a book sucks. And yeah. so I just didn't. Yeah. And uh, and it was freeing. It was immensely freeing. So, oh, yeah, I, I don't I – tr- usually if I'm not going to finish a book, I put it down in the first 10 pages. Like I just mm-hmm. – fr- within the first 10 pages, I'm like, well, this book stinks. I'm not going to read this. Um, rarely do I soldier on to a point where I'm like, ah, should I finish or not? So I read one by a guy named Seth Davis, who's a Sports Illustrated columnist. He's a biography of John Wooden. I made Mm -hmm. it about two-thirds of the way through just like still trying to get to the part where I liked it. And and it just (laughs) never happened. And as far as I could tell, he just had an agenda of like he really wanted to show that John Wooden wasn't a saint. And I was like, oh, this is just – it's like troll writing. It's good storytelling but troll writing. And then I read – I did the same thing with We Were Soldiers Once and Young. So this kind of amazing account of Vietnam. But it just – it was so 
like so much military detail about places I've never heard of and never been and can't really picture because it's all in the jungle. And so it was just like mm-hmm. about halfway through the book, I'm like, I can't even follow this anymore. You know, it's like the Alpha yeah. Company was stationed here and 100 meters to their left was Charlie Company. And I'm like, I don't know who these I can't follow all this. So, yeah, that's like reports in a, in a sports book. You know, yeah. if it's too much on that. I mean, dude, do we even have I mean, who has time? You know, it's like who has time? Like if something isn't really like captivating you, like how do we have, you know, it's just not worth the time. Right. Because it's not going to stick with you anyway. And it's not like it's not like there's some like. It's not like there's some magic like leprechaun that lives in your house with you Cosmic that literally yeah. checks off like, well, no, man, that's 890 books so far in your lifetime. Yeah, I so think it's just keep finishing. It is, I think it 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 falls in line with the same mentality of the people who write like the top 25 books I read last year, where there's like this there's this r- completely fake but very heavy pressure to read and complete a certain amount of books instead of realizing the greater purpose of reading, which is enjoyment and discovery. And so if you're not enjoying or discovering, why keep doing it? Um, right. But, but because so, of that, yeah. like the book lists and whatever, you, you sort of had the sense of like, oh, I'm, I'm subpar if I don't finish. There are a few books I've finished out of obligation because they're classics, you know, yeah. <laughs> like Knowing God by J.I. Packer, for example. Yeah, I, I thought the first maybe half of that book was fantastic, and the second half yeah. was just a grind for me. A lot of those books get redundant yes. because they got to make them book length, and what they do is they become very nuanced by just sort of sussing out things that were already said and sort of breaking those things down. But you know what? That just gave me an idea, fellas. This is what I think we should do. At the end of 2017, we should have our top 10 favorite half-read books. <laughs> oh, I like this. Yeah. Dude, let's just flop it. Let's flip the whole genre on its on its ears, well, man. Have, our top 10 half-read books. I have one for 2016 since we're still close enough to look back. I know we don't want to look back at 2016 because for real 2016. But uh, seriously, 2016, that was the title. Um, but uh, – uh, was a Dallas Willard book, which I am still half reading, but not really reading. And now I've forgotten the name of it. One minute. I'll, uh, what was Dude, oh, I love divine it. like conspiracy? Part of the half read books is we don't yeah, even divine know. conspiracy. Uh, I, oh, I'm dude. halfway through that and have been halfway through it for about nine months, but you feel like you should read it because it's a because classic. it's, yeah, it's like knowing God esque. And so I, yeah, it's compulsive. I'm going to finish it. My, you know, I'll finish it in yeah. 2017. It'll just take me 12 months to read the second half of the book. And uh, Baby, is it, is it just me or are there like a dozen books with the title Divine Conspiracy? I feel like that's, that's like a movie title collateral. There have been like 15 collaterals or collateral damage. Or it's kind of um, like, it's kind of like, you know, The Reawakening or The Awakening, you know, like the yeah. second. Yeah, exactly. I just feel like Divine Conspiracy is... That's got to have been used. I, like, big key, don't we have? Isn't our one, new? Though. Isn't our next book called Divine Conspiracy? Yeah, our uh, next we, book is Divine. Aren't we working on something called Divine Conspiracy? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Collateral Conspiracy: The Awakening. <laughs> I love Ted, it. Ted, what? Uh, any Cold. any half done books for you, Ted? Like, not ones that you just read a few pages of and discarded immediately. Yeah. Dude, no, there were a couple recently that I got really deep into and I just bailed on them right before the end. One was uh, Pipe. You've probably read this. It was uh, the Oral History of ESPN. Have you read uh, that one? The big, no, the big, but yeah, by was it uh, Andrew James Miller or whatever his name is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really fun for like half of it, and then the next, uh, I don't know, the next hundred pages, I was like, oh, I should finish this. And then by the end, I was just like, wait a minute, this book is only about 
who hates who and who slept with whom, and it's really a drag. When is so, it? Isn't it like five hundred and fifty uh, pages long? Dude, it's yeah, huge. it's like five hundred. It's like five hundred and fifty pages of oh yeah, that guy's really cool and down to earth, or oh no, that guy's really a douche. That's the yeah. book, you know. And uh, yeah, it just became kind of a drag, well, man. Okay, but let's talk about this really quick, man, because that's interesting what you just said, Big T, and what you just yeah. said, Pipe, because it leads me into thinking this like. There really is this weird thing where if we get deep enough into a book and it's not happening and we're like trying real hard to like it and to make it work and to connect with it, like there's something super depressing and and kind of oppressive about that, isn't it? Like it kind of almost like depresses you like I like I don't want to like I don't want to quit on it. But the fact that I can't get into it and it's a classic and it's something that everybody's loved and enjoyed, you almost start feeling like there's something wrong yes. with you. It's like a, sen- it's like a sense of inadequacy that you don't like the thing that somebody it's else horrible. recommended. Yeah, it's horrible. It's why, it it's really why I'm afraid to read the book Silence, you know, the one that is all the rage yeah. right now. I literally have heard yeah. nobody say they didn't like that book, but I'm afraid to read it for fear that I won't like it and then it'll be my fault. Okay, well, here's the thing, Pipe. So I read the book by uh, – what's his name? Fujimoto. Fuji, our, our guy, Big T. What's his name? Uh, who? Kintobi Industries? I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Are you yeah. talking about the Silence or which book? book? The guy who wrote the book about Silence. Oh, I don't know that one. Um, the, the, art, the artist. Oh, uh, like the, yeah. Fuji, the, Fuji, oh, Fujimira. Fujimira, yes. yeah. So he just wrote a book about the book, about the movie, you know, kind of a thing. And um, and it was like this, you know, super art. Like the packaging is over the top. It's like you don't even see this kind of packaging in our industry. It was amazing. Somebody bought it to me as a gift, and I was kind of excited to read it because it sounded fascinating. And I'm telling you, man, I have read the first chapter like 86 times, and I just can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. It sounds like a drag, man. It just sounds like a bunch of navel gazing to me. Seriously, people are already judging me for that right now. Literally, the the podcast has not been released, and I'm, I'm already being judged for that right now. I can feel well, it. It was, but it I, was I a vulnerable moment, Ronnie. I'm proud of you for admitting publicly. Like you put you put it you put a name on your struggle, or you struggle. You actually did, struggled yeah. to put a name on it because you couldn't remember the name. But close, good effort. And uh, <laughs> you put the wrong put the wrong uh, name on your struggle. Chinese but, name, but, but we we knew yeah. the gist. And then uh, and then you you know you admitted to this inability to get beyond the first chapter. And I think wow. I hope that a sense of freedom comes through that. Guys, thanks for being there for me. Thanks for walking. Thanks for walking beside me. In this, Ronnie, you're so uh, courageous. You're an inspiration <laughs> to both of us today. I know you didn't want to do this, but aren't you glad you did? I, I am glad, and I, and I finally feel like a weight has lifted because now I don't. I don't have to finish the book. I can. Mm. I can move on to another half-read book. That'll be the first of my ten half-read books of the year, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to getting into a new book that I'm not going to like. I'm going to try to like, feel really bad about. But you know what's going to happen, Big T? Is I'm going to remember this convo when I get halfway through that book. I'm going to be able to just put it on my stack of growing top ten half-read books that we're going to be able to talk about in eleven months and feel real good about. Does that make sense? We've done some good today on the program. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, guys. I mean, I, I feel like this has been therapy for me. This is therapy. Yeah, it's been therapeutic. Boys, we have uh, we've done what we always do. We've wandered to and fro. We have uh, one sponsor that I want to give the floor to pipe right now because it's it's been a long time waiting uh, through this episode uh, for pipe to do his promo. So I feel like it's going to be the best thing about this episode. <laughs> and I mean, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's what everybody waited decent. for, I guess, was this. If it's even decent, it will be for sure the best thing about the app. So Pipe, Piper, Piper, we are so Piper. behind you. I mean, we, we are rooting for you for this promo like you have never been rooted for before. Well, I'm going to try are. to make this really fast so that we can mercifully end this pile of podcasts. Um, 
Logos is our sponsor this week. They have sponsored us many times before. Go to logos.com slash happy rant. Check it out. They just released Logo 7 a few months ago. So a whole new set of uh, study features, a whole new sets of like library sets you can buy in there. Um, if you buy through that link, logos.com slash happy rant, you can get a free commentary uh, by Charles Spurgeon as part of the, as part of the package. And um, if you are a teacher, a pastor, a student, anybody who has to do significant, especially exegetical or, or study work in the, the in sort of the theological realm, Logos is a fantastic tool. So go check that out, uh, especially if you work at a church and they have a budget to help you buy books and resources. Uh, you should definitely go check it out. So logos.com slash happy rant. Go check out Logos 7, get it and get a free Spurgeon's commentary. Hey, Pipe, let me add to that, man, because I recently, because of their sponsorship, became a Logos user in the fall, and it is absolutely fantabulous. It's the money. I love it. It's been great. Pipe, so, Big yeah. R, he's woken up. We've reinvigorated him today. I'm man, telling we should you, have man, led with, we should have led with the sponsor. This whole thing would have had, would have had energy. It would have been incredible. It would have been well, incredible. We're, I mean, we're like, we're like using the products, man. I mean, we're not This just, is why we need the ice cream sponsorship. We don't use. Right. This is why we need the ice cream. Good humor, Good humor and logos, man. If you're listening, uh, wait. What, what did I say? What's the uh, like shell Unilever. corporation for that? Unilever. If you're listening, Unilever, uh, we need you. We need. Uh, we need a sponsorship. We need. Good we humor would also ice settle for a listener just sending us ice cream. We would. Yeah, what if listeners want to? Where can listeners send us a couple of not boxes but cases? Of good humor bars. Well, I think uh, uh, I think they could they could direct message us on Twitter, and then we could privately exchange shipping information as opposed to publicly putting that out because we wouldn't want like the Stephen Altrogi's treatment where people just come park outside the house. That's weird. That is weird. But what do we get? What do they get in exchange for those kinds of sponsorship? Uh, you they know, for those, yeah, we will, Baby, we will thank legend. them by name. We will praise them yeah. and they're all, you know, all their progeny. We will bless yes. them as blessed amongst listeners. I mean, it will be, they will, they will receive the gift of wow. that. They're going to feel yeah. so loved and affirmed like you were today on the program. I can already, t- I can already taste, I can already taste, uh, can already taste a strawberry good humor right now in my mouth. Oh, oh delicious. my goodness, baby. Uh, Boys, we got to get off the air. This has been, we just, do. We got to be done with this. Abysmal. Too much. But you know what, Pipe, I need to, I need to promo next week's Ooh, yes. episode because you and I are going to be together again, man. Pipe is, uh, is traveling. Oh, that's right. Pipe's traveling down to Union University. He's going to make an appearance in my podcasting J term course. Uh, the students are very excited. I'm very excited. And we will tape uh, an app with a live studio audience next week. Excellent. Um, so if there are things, uh, Twitter sphere that you would like to hear us talk about uh, with a live stu- studio audience comprised of college students, uh, hit us up. Let us know. Uh, otherwise, we are very much looking forward to that. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. Resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast.
these EPs found their way into the hands of Chris Tomlin. And so we got this email out of the blue that while he was inviting us to go on this major arena tour of the United States. And at that time we were like, well, we're not even really a band. Do we tell him we're not a band? Chris Llewellyn from REM Collective shares some of his life story on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us to hear conversations and devotionals from the artists of the church. Find The Walk on lifeaudio.com, worshipleader.com, or your favorite podcast platform.